Hello and welcome back to another LA Rams UK podcast. This is episode 20. Believe it or not, we've managed to keep it up this long. Uh, and it's actually the week of the last game of the season for us. Unfortunately, the Rams sunk to another defeat, which kicked us out of the last chance we had to make the playoffs. And to discuss this and more is the Godfather Tony. Good evening, gentlemen. And Chris, just playing Chris for now. <laughs> just, just, just playing Chris. Yeah, thanks for that. Just Chris. It. That's it. That's your name. Just Chris. Just Chris. Take that. Just Chris. Uh, obviously, we've come to you. Uh, we weren't sure when we were going to record this week, but um, we're recording on a Friday, which is after Christmas. So hopefully, everyone had a great Christmas and a great Boxing Day. Eating too much, probably drinking too much, probably still eating Christmas food today. Uh, I know I have been, but hopefully you had a great time. We saw some of the Rams presents that you received. So, you know, if you haven't posted it to us yet, make sure you send it to us. It's sometimes you see some random stuff I've never seen uh, online. There was someone who had some pajamas that looked pretty wicked. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they were awesome, weren't they? They were decent. Tony, did you get anything Rams related for Christmas? I didn't get anything Rams related for Christmas this year. It was more, it's more beer related for me, I'm afraid. Yeah, Chris. Unfortunately, not. No, my well, my wife tells me my one and only grown-up present was that we bought a new washing machine in the Christmas week. So that was basically it. Oh, that's uh, adult life. Yeah, <laughs> sucked being an adult. I uh, I got a little figurine, the Aaron Donald little. Uh, I can't remember called pop pop figurines. Mm-hmm. It goes a lot of girly ones. It goes nicely together with him. Uh, but that's about it, really. I think. Probably wait until next season. We'll get into it a bit later, which someone's asked the question, but with the whole potential logo change and uniform change, I think some people might be holding off until that announcement before we go crazy with the merchandise uh, with the Rams again. But yeah, for this episode... We're we're not going to see it until about week 10, though, are we, on on NFL Europe's uh, sort of normal way of going? What do you mean, Chris? Well... When we, when we try and buy merchandise in the UK, it's a little bit hard to do oh, so, isn't oh, it? Yeah, online, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, we'll be 20, 30 before we get it on our <laughs> shop. <laughs> we'll still be trying to sell the old St. Louis Blue with, uh, I don't know, Austin on it. <laughs> yeah, smart. Um, but uh, yeah, no, for this episode, we're going to talk about the game against the 49ers. Uh, the big divisional game that unfortunately I've already said we cut them away with a loss. We're going to talk about, as it's the last week, what the free agency situation is for us, who might leave, who we think we might want to keep. Let's talk around coaching changes. And obviously on to the last week 17 game uh, against the Cardinals, which is the final game the Rams will play at the Coliseum, which I think they've been playing, was it 38 years? You know, not obviously consecutive, consecutively, but... 38 years they've played at the Coliseum. Is that my right in saying that? Wow, it sounds about right. Um, I'm willing I'm willing to go with that. I've not checked that out, to be honest. But, yeah, um, don't, please don't. Uh, <laughs> let's just go with it. 38 years. Exactly, yeah. 38 years. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so they're making a big deal a deal of that. Obviously, the Rams on social media, you see a load of, uh, I think, new uh, 
merch that people are going to get on the day and whatnot. But uh, new stadium, new year in 2020. So let's move on to the 49ers game. It was a, a one o'clock-ish kickoff from, for us over here on a Sunday because it was a Saturday night game, wasn't it? It was. Uh, so in, in some ways that was better for people because they didn't have to get out for work. Tony, did you get up for it? Did you not get up for it? Well, I, I was still out clubbing, to be honest, until about 4 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> well, baby, baby seals. <laughs> you believe that, you believe anything. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. Sorry, Chris. Um, <laughs> that's the best no, I, joke all, all, all week. No, I, 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 I didn't stay up or get up for it. I, I managed to avoid... The, the email updates from the Rams and Facebook, Twitter, and I, I watched it as, as the 40 minutes highlights from Game Pass, uh, mainly because I had quite a bit on on Saturday and Sunday, and I just, I just didn't have the time to get up and spend four hours in the middle of the night watching it, I'm afraid. And it, it, it felt very much like the Tampa Bay game again. Although, you know, if we're going to take positives from this game, we scored a first quarter touchdown. Yeah, it's rare this season, isn't it? It feels it, like it. It has been rare, you know, and, and another two before half-time. You know, what's that all about? So it felt really positive until about half-time, didn't it? And it was just... It just it just felt like that Tampa Bay game where, yes, we were we were quite good on offence, but it, it just didn't feel it was, it was going to get off the line. I know it was really at the last minute that the Niners won it, but it just... Just had that sort of feel to it as though we we were doing okay, but it wasn't going to be enough to get us the get us that win. I nearly said get us the three points, but that's um, that's a European <laughs> soccer term. <laughs> um, yeah, division. Yeah, it just didn't didn't feel as though we was going to get over the line, did it? It was. It was I, I thought we played well, but not quite well enough. And Chris, did you get up for it at all? Uh, I didn't, again, unfortunately, it was my youngest's birthday on Saturday. Um, so it was a busy old day, and then my eldest decided to fall down ill as well. So it was a bit of a... Uh, I probably was up at some point during the game, but not to be watching the game, as as probably people can imagine. So, but no, I, I'm the same as Tony. I, I watched the highlights, and, and do you know what? He, he sort of... Stole that from the tip of my tongue, really. It did feel like the Bucks game, and it, it it felt like a bit of a we who was going to do it, who was not. But you never really felt that confident that you're actually going to get that to move away. And I think the way that we've gone this season, we needed to have got that two touchdown ahead of people to then feel confident. Where the season before, even if we were two touchdowns behind, we knew we still had that to come back again. I had the delights yesterday of, of spending time with my brother-in-law, the Saints fan, who obviously gloated quite a bit as, as I walked through the door. But actually, in his grace, he, he sort of turned around and said, you're not that far away. When you look at the record, we probably... The Bucks game is one of those games. But when you look at the game against... Uh, the 49ers, again, Zerline missed another a field goal. Yes, it was from 50-odd yards, but again, you'd thought he would have obviously knocked that over, which he then did further on in the game. The Seattle game was was a field goal. It, it feels that there's been so many small points where actually the season could have flipped it on its head completely, and that's unfortunately how the NFL is, isn't it? True. 
I mean, I was saying to you guys before recording that I decided I was going into this game a little bit pessimistic, I guess, with the 49ers doing as well as they were and without looking too deep into how they've got to their record, whether it was, you know, just a bit of good fortune or whether it was just because they are really are decent this year. I just sort of thought, oh, it's gonna, this ain't going to be good. I'm not getting up at 1.15 for four hours to watch this. But I ended up waking up at one o'clock naturally and flipping it on the, the game pass while I lay there in bed and managed to watch a whole, well, from start to half time, which to be fair at that point, I think we went in at half at 21 all. And the next quarter, we actually scored the only points with seven points. So it wouldn't have been good to carry on watching. I think it was, looking back at it, and from what I saw in the first half, we were in it the whole whole game. It's really disappointing that we let them back in it, if you like, when we went ahead. But um, it was one of those. It's, it's some games this season where you just felt like, no, we're not we're not coming back. Not the usual like last year where you knew you'd make changes, as we said before, and and come back and win it. But um, yeah, I was quite pessimistic about this game. But uh, when I was watching, I think the second half actually went a bit a bit more downhill. It was only ten points in the whole second half from LA and uh, 21 in the first half. But they, they seem to utilise this rollout with uh, Goff a lot more, which got people moving, opened up Woods, it opened up Higby, which uh, they both had a good game. They both got over 100 yards each. It just seemed a bit more exciting to watch than watching what seems in my head, Goff dropping back, looking around at his first read, staring down his first read, sacked or you know, fumble or throws it to the ground, uh, intentional grounding. It just seemed a bit more exciting. Like something, there was, I don't know, just a bit more effort trying to mix it up a bit with this rollout. And it seemed to work. In some ways, I wish I'd have stayed up, but I think I would have regretted it in the end. <laughs> a bit of four o'clock in the morning and coming away with a loss and playoffs being out of sight. There are positives to take out of that, that game. As much as the rushing was terrible again, it feels like maybe they abandoned it again. Uh, I think Todd Gurley, what's he got here? He got 15 attempts, 48 yards. But from this game, he's actually, I've got a note, made some notes here. He's, he's tied Marshall Falk for 58 rushing touchdowns, which is uh, first in the league. Um, also tied fourth place with Jerry Rice for most touchdowns in the first five seasons. He's first in franchise history with uh, 13 plus scrimmage touchdowns in three consecutive seasons. So he's he's breaking records. I know that obviously they use him when it counts, maybe with the touchdowns, but the, the yardage has seemed to be gone out the window recently. I think that shows with his stats as well. You know, you say he's got 15 carries for 48 yards, but he's got two touchdowns with that this week. And I wasn't aware of those those records that you, you quoted there, Aaron, but you know, I, I think a lot of this is in his head. You know, I think a lot of it is confidence or people not having confidence in him. I, I think he's still potentially got it physically. I, I think it's it's the mental side of it that isn't quite right. And I, I, I don't know how to fix that. And I don't know how the coaches can fix that. And it's maybe down to him to actually have have a little bit more confidence in in himself and you know obviously for for Sean McVeigh to have a bit of confidence in in him as a player as well and you know they obviously do because he you know 15 carries two touchdowns you know that, that's a decent ratio but it's just the it's the game management side of it isn't it? we we don't seem to have got the running game going again even though we've got two two receiving players having 100 plus yards uh, but with no touchdowns 
it, it just does feel as though we're not keeping the opposition honest by having more than one dimension to our game. Yeah, yeah, I kind of agree with that. I, I don't. I was sort of thinking about it, looking, watching the, the highlights and thing, and, and looking at Gurley and, and seeing what he's doing and the way he, he runs the ball inside the red zone is up there with the, with the elite running backs in the league. It just seems like that people have kind of worked. Have they worked him out maybe when they, when they were obviously on our own thirty yard line or something like that, and they can see him obviously doing what he's doing? I'm not sure. He hasn't really had that second person to pick up the other yards this year, which we've we had last year, and we obviously spoke about in relation to sort of that one-two punch sort of thing. As he feeling like there's a bit more pressure on his shoulders because the other two guys that effectively could pick up the ball are, are still learning the trade, and and I think he's a little bit of an arm round the shoulder kind of guy, and other people. Well, Goff in particular, because of the money that we've paid him, because of the scrutiny that he's got, I've maybe needed it a little bit more. And I think Gurley actually needs it as well. And I think that's something on McVeigh and the whole coaching staff that actually maybe need to look at it and think, well, he needs a little bit of a come here, have a chat and, and, and see what's going on. I, I don't know. There's, there's various different things. And I think that's what they need to work out in the off-season. I've read on Twitter this week and there's rumours around the NFL that the Rams are going to move on from Gurley and all this kind of thing but time will tell um, I think there's plenty going to be happening in the off-season but I think he's still definitely up there in the, in the sort of elite running backs in the league the, the problem with that statement Chris is you know I mean we, we may indeed move on from Todd Gurley but who's going to take over his contract and who's going to want him Exactly. You know, and that that's that's the issue we have. I, I think we have a potentially elite running back. Mm-hmm. It's just that we what stood behind him isn't really backing him up enough. Are you talking about Brown and no. Henderson? Yeah. Well, I don't know you, if I don't think they're rushing it enough to be utilizing these guys. I mean, Brown's come in in the past and has shown his worth, which is why they keep ta- you know taking him back. I just don't think they're utilizing the the run enough. They use him for the, the touchdowns, clearly, um, when they get closer. But I just don't think they're using him enough, which is maybe partially why he sort of seems moodier than normal. Yeah. And he's like, well, yeah, what, can, what can he do? He can only do what he can do when his number's called. And if they're not calling it and he's just blocking the whole time, or, you know, you're going to get the ump, I guess, especially when you know how good of a player you are. Um, and he's shown, he's shown burst of speeds and, you know, his ability to turn on someone still I don't think he's done and like with the money that's on him with this contract no one's going to take him I mean they, if they resolve this offensive line then we might see a different Todd Gurdy next year but there's nothing wrong with Brown I think coming in he's shown that and Henderson well we've yet to see he's obviously got a different sort of uh, speed back there but I think it's sufficient enough I just don't think they run the, they run the ball enough and do you think that's because of what's showing on the other side of the ball with Woods and with Higby, especially, because of how well they're playing. Is that because you're having to move the ball differently? I don't know. Well, I don't know. Higby's I mean, up no. there in my eyes at one of the top tight ends in the league as we sat, as we stand. Well, he, he is now. He is now. I mean, it, it seems to have been like, as soon as Higby started performing, Cup has, hasn't, mm-hmm. as, as you expect. So they've obviously changed something up in terms of who they're targeting. Cup has 
one thing I did note as well is that Cup has scored at least one touchdown in the last four consecutive games. So he is being used in a different way, possibly, rather than gaining the yards in the middle of the field. He's sort of finishing off the play and Higby's maybe taking that up. I don't know, maybe they thought they needed a bigger body in the middle uh, to be uh, catching the ball. But it seems something has changed. And same with Gurley. The yards aren't as... They're not bothered about yards anymore with Gurley, it seems. It's more about punching it in. Yeah. But I'm not and sure if that's is the right sport, answer. Is this a sports science thing? Cup obviously went all at it at the start of the season. Has he been feeling the niggles of the injury? Has Gurley still been feeling niggles? Do they need a bigger body, like you say? You don't know, do you? I mean, they did pay Higby a lot of money for a reason. And mm. he's proving why they paid him now. I think he's... Uh, sorry, just to throw all these facts out, <laughs> facts out there, but it supports what we're talking about. Higby's got four 100-plus receiving yards uh, in consecutive games, which is the most since... Um, uh, Kels in 2016. Kels, Kelsey? I can't Kelsey. Kelsey. Since 2016. So in terms of being one of the better t- tight ends out there, like you said, Chris, he's showing that consecutively week in, week out. And that's against a 49ers team and against, say, uh, Arizona team. Mm. So something has changed. And maybe this is... I mean, not to say they gave up four week, weeks ago, which you wouldn't do because you're still in the running, but maybe they're, they're thinking about changing it up for next year. And I think there might be something in that as well, Aaron. You know, it's, we we look at the receiving core, and they're all relatively young. You know, I've, I just looked up Tyler Higby; he's twenty six. You know, and I, th- I think that Cup, Woods, Cooks, Goff, they're all twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven, aren't they? So they've all got, in theory, another four or five years left in them. If we can keep that receiving core. And and the quarterback there as well, you know that's it. A lot of this is about knowing the playbook and knowing each other and knowing the players that are coming and and that personal chemistry. And I forget how old Todd Gurley is, but he must be a similar age, if not a little bit younger. I think um, he is, yeah. You know, it's the youth is on our side. Time is on our side. What we need is 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 to fix the other issues. You know, we we. We've proved that we've got a good receiving core in Cup, Woods and Cook. You know, if we can supplement that with with Higby and we can get Todd Gurley moving again, you know, I mean, we, we, we talk as though he's having a, a bad season, but he's got 789 yards rushing and 186 yards receiving. You know, that, that's, he's got 25 yards to get to get 1,000 yards combined. With How many touchdowns is he on? 14. <laughs> it's not bad, is it? <laughs> 12 rushing, 2 receiving. You know, that's that's not a bad season. But the, the problem is, is the depth behind him. That That's the major issue we have with keeping other teams honest, is, is there's not really that depth behind him to keep the other teams honest. But how does yeah. that work with other teams? Because normally there's... You have your, your main back, right? And then you have some backups. But there's not normally like with the Saints had, re- you know, in recent years with Kamara and Ingram style where they're both fairly even. Not a lot of teams have that one-two punch. No, it's because they can't afford it. No, well, the, other, the other teams that have had to do something like that is where they've got a running quarterback. Yeah. And that's the way that they play it, isn't it? Rather than having two running backs. 
And that's what in this game, with the rollout of Goff, it seemed to get things moving a little bit. It seemed well, like it, it was a bit more money. When you stood in front of the defensive line, you, you're a target, aren't you? You move. They've got to move with you and they're big units to move. It, it does make it, it harder to protect sense, you. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it does make well, it harder to protect you, mind you. Uh, I can't remember the last game where Goff come away without a sack as well. And yeah. Do you know what I mean? That, that was one of the biggest things that sort of jumped out at me straight away was the fact that he, he did what he did against the 49ers. The score was what it was and they never got their hands on him. I mean, I'm not being funny. You see Mahomes, Rogers, Jackson, uh, Wilson, they're all doing this rolling out and being ready to run at any moment or on the run. But most of the time, they do get caught. Yeah. But if you're on the move, it's easier to move, isn't it? <laughs> so... In some ways, maybe this this is uh, a new option for Goff. He, he can move when he wants to. He's not known for it. He's not the slowest. It's not like Big Ben running around. Um, <laughs> that makes but, me uh, feel good when Big Ben moves. It does, yeah. Right. With that 49ers game, oh, on the same week, Seattle lost, didn't they? To uh, Arizona, I saw. Yeah. Yeah, 27-13. That's a bit of a comeuppance for them. It's Christine the washing up in the background. <laughs> uh, it's Christmas, gentlemen. I'm getting myself another beer. Top man. Top man. <laughs> so, um, any uh, any last words, Tony, on the 49ers game? I don't like to talk about it. Thank you. I'm done. I was oh, just yeah. about to say that. Surely you don't want to talk about it any more than anyone else. He bloody hates them. <laughs> uh, Chris, are you done? You just, you've already gone off to get a drink, and you? You're done. I'm just putting the lime in the corona, gentlemen. Putting the lime in the corona. I know uh, Rob that's been on there a few times was going to mention something about the the play at the end that basically gave him the opportunity in the uh, up the field to get that last field goal. I think it's pretty much. I mean, as far as I can see, it's pretty much been said that whatever the formation was, it was it was Rap's fault for not covering the inside. I mean, he went wandering off on the outside. Did Ramsey not just look at him and let him go then? Yeah, but I think he's supposed to give him up. It was that sort of yeah. thing, uh, and and Rap was supposed to cover him as if he went through. If you know, if he wasn't cutting through the you know short route, he was supposed to get him on the the deep. But obviously, Rap wasn't uh, on the same page. But I'm not sure if Rob was going <laughs> to say anything else to that. But uh, I think it might have been a sure bit more colourful. Yeah, it'd have been a bit more <laughs> intelligent, yeah, articulate. <laughs> Uh, take take on that. Uh, I'm not sure if Weddle could have come across a little bit more to help out on the inside. It seemed a little bit left wide open back there. But um, yeah, and it didn't look great for Ramsey when he just sort of stood there. He just sort of stood there, watched him go and go, oh, now I suppose I must run after him. <laughs> Even if he cut out to the sideline or cut inside, it didn't look like Ramsey would have been covering him. <laughs> He might as well have sat down. That's what it looked like. Uh, anyway, right, let's move on. Right, we touched on um, some people with contracts and what they're tied in. Let's let's move on to end of the year. We're going to have some free agents. So, Tony, you've you've got that page open, haven't you? I have. Apparently, we have 19 free agents coming up. Um, Name the important ones for us. The important ones. I mean, Dante Fowler, um, Andrew Whitworth, Michael Brockers, Corey Littleton. Greg Zerline, Blake Bortles. After that, you've got a selection of Jojo Natson, Morgan Fox, Mackie Christian, Mike Thomas, 
Austin Blythe was a, was a bit of a surprise. I, I didn't realise he was up for, for free agency this year. And the Simba Webster, who seemed to have come a little bit more to the fore of the last couple of games, doesn't he? But in total, we've got we've got 19 free agents coming up this, this coming off-season. And tied to that, we have... I've lost the page here, but we were talking about it before. It's really $24 million left to pay those and acquire some... Um, other free agents into the organisation to actually fill the gaps. It doesn't feel that, like very much, but I think that's before the the increase in cap space, which may be another seventeen million, I think, which would give us what forty, forty-one million dollars to play with. Mm. Small so what, change. What I'm going to ask <laughs> both of you then? Look, I've seen this bouncing around. It's not necessarily true, but um, if in we can't sign everyone, obviously. But two names that keep popping up is. Corey Littleton and uh, Fowler. If you had to pick one of them two to keep or let go, bear in mind that the general consensus is that edge rushers are more valuable than the inside linebacker. But who would Littleton and he, he, he was on a what three million deal? Dante Fowler signed a one year for twelve million. Correct. Um, so I'm not sure what their numbers are going to be like next year uh, in terms of their market value. They, but they both had good seasons. So, Tony, if you had to pick, which one would you let go? Which one would you keep? Oh, I've, I've just realised they're actually the same age as well. They're both 26, so there's, there's nothing to split them there either. Hmm. Um, You're picking a horse. <laughs> <laughs> but I was thinking about longevity as well. You know, yeah. if, if somebody signs a deal at, at, at 24 as opposed to 27, you know, it's that, that, that's, yeah. that, there's a big difference there. I'm assuming um, most of them are going to want. Most of them want to sign a long-term contract, don't they? They just don't. They don't want about. Well, those some of the one-year deals, they get a better deal out of it, don't they? For that's one true. year, like that's value. true. Yeah, and um, oh, crikey, that's that's a tough ask. Because the has been here what two years now? Two seasons. So, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, it's, he came um, in late, didn't he? Last the year before. Yes. Uh, and Littleton's been here four years, undrafted. Uh, he's done his time. So who would you pick, Tony? I, I, you know, on value and saving us cap space, I'd probably pick Littleton at the moment. Controversial. <laughs> <laughs> we, we need we need that cap space. Yeah. Great value. Without even, how much is Fowler without even thinking about it. Really. Easy. It's a thing. You got a question? I guess who easy would decision you, that for me because the defensive the defensive line can't break up. <clears throat> we've got too much of a problem with the offensive line to try and break up the the, the D line as well would be but catastrophic. You're taking away your, taking away your <laughs> linebacker general, aren't you? In a way, the guy that's been commanding it all back there. Well, he, he is and he isn't. He, he, you'd, you'd want really your linebacker to have the, have the microphone in his ear and they don't even trust him to do that. They put it in Weddell's ear. Right. So if he's he's being told where to go, yes, he's had a good season, and I think having Clay Matthews next to him has definitely inflated him. Mm. But I think Dante Fowler is more valuable and more explosive from the from the edge. So do you know who I would... I mean, if I had to pick one, it's hard, isn't it? But my, my, I want to say I'd keep Littleton over Dante Fowler. I think it's hard, though. But I think, throw it in the mix. I would, I'd probably get rid of Brockers over Fowler. Bear with me, right? We got. Um, you can tell so, him. I'm not yeah. tell him. He's, he's the longest on this squad. He's probably the longest serving, isn't he? Apart from uh, our special teams unit. 
Rockers, it, yeah, probably. possibly, yeah. But he just doesn't really. His name doesn't shine, does it? When it when it comes to looking back at games and whatnot. And I know you've got a lot of studs. Well, we, we tried our Pro Bowl plush on him. Was it last season? The same year before, and that never really worked. <laughs> That's more about our influence, uh, a lack of influence, I think. How dare you? How very dare you? (laughs) (laughs) But uh, no, I was was thinking what you could push uh, Joseph Day over to his position and maybe, I'm not sure how Gaines has been doing, but uh, push him up in the nose tackle position, which is why he was uh, drafted for, and maybe save yourself a good 10, 11 mil from Brockers instead. Or am I just. uh, I don't, I'm just looking at. Um, um, well, this, this, is, the, this is the problem. Well, this is the problem that Mr. Sneed has got in the off season, hasn't he? And and what they've got to look at, and when they look at that depth chart, they've got to see. And and the problem we've also got is that we have, we're not very early on in the draft again, as per usual. So they've got. Well, to that's be what very I'm thinking. About we need doing. kind of um, not. We've got not hardly any cap space, but if you use who we've got already. Uh, and move them across a little bit. He's a big bloke, Joseph Danny. Right, move him across. I know I'm about probably over oversimplifying this quite yeah, a bit. Just move, just move over, <laughs> fella. Be all right. Just move over. Just come on, cut the foot, right, or yards <laughs> in America. And then uh, yeah, push gains in uh, as the nose tackle. And then you can use someone to back up that line in the draft. He's gonna be a lot of money, isn't he? And I'm not sure if that money is worth saving to keep a Fowler. Or get a Whitworth back, whether you would or not. I know some people and think he's uh, maybe one year now past. Would you keep Whitworth, Tony? Um, I, I I think he's had his time on the line to actually coach our youngsters. I I think his better value for us at the moment is as a coach. I I would love to see him join the coaching staff and actually be there to to coach up the youngsters coming through on the line. I think that's where he's, you know, he's 38. I, I think I saw something where he said he was willing to come back for another year. Yeah. And and that would be great. But I mean, I, does the NFL do player coaches? I, no, I don't know if that's a thing in the NFL. Well, they kind of do anyway. They've all got the headphones on, uh, Weddle and whatnot will be probably involved to some degree. Yeah, but and I and I think as a father figure, as as somebody who's been there, done it, um, and has, has served in the trenches for a long, long time, um, I, I would love to see Andrew Whitworth actually return to the coaching staff with us. Um, not to say that I don't value him actually playing, but I, I think he has more value to us as a coach in the future over the next five to ten years rather than think about a single season. It's just a terrifying thought to be breaking up that line more than it already has been broken up. I mean, if, if Austin Blythe is on that list of free agents, he's surely you want to keep similar names and you've got to keep him on. Probably quite cheap as well. He is. He is on, he is on the free agency. He'll be a unrestricted free agent. And his backup is Coleman Shelton that we took on recently. Who is also. Also, yeah. <laughs> He's on free agent as well. Bobby Evans is going to be about. Rob Havenstein will be back. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the biggest, most obvious weakness. It feels like this season is just the, the downfall of that line. So you can't keep them just for the sake of keeping a name, I guess. If you think their performance has gone downhill in a year, and bear in mind Whitworth's age, 
Um, is it worth it? New new season, new stadium, new players. Who knows? Would you keep him, Chris? Um, I think you've got to have it as an option if you have no other option, if that makes sense. Because of, well, I think there's been a lot more penalties from him this year. And I think that is potentially the game sort of coming away from him a little bit. But he's he's one of the best that there ever is, best there ever was and whatever else you want to say with that. But I think it, it's probably, I think Tony's right. I think to obviously keep him within the franchise is definitely something that they want to do. I think he's happy now in LA. His family are all there with him and they do a lot in the community as well. Um, I was just having a quick look and, and player coaches. There has been some in the NFL previously and unofficially, I think the probably the most fame, famous one on, on the field at the present moment in time is that they, they actually think that Tom Brady has some sort of coaching in his contract as well because of the amount of play call that he does on the field. But that's a different beast altogether. But mm. I, I do think it, you would want to obviously keep him within the franchise because what he can actually offer to the young guys. But yeah, I, I do think it's potentially time to move, to move on from it. Good stuff. Anyone else on that list, Tony, that's worth talking about in further depth? Well, I think I think the big one really is Greg's airline. Definitely got to resign that. You really he's, gone, he's so? gone downhill a little bit, hasn't he? You not think? I'm being overly harsh. I don't I, think there's that many good kickers out there, though. That's the problem. I, I think that is the problem. It's, you know, there aren't that many good NFL kickers, are there? And it's it's telling, and I, I I really struggle with this because it's it's you know watching some rugby league and some rugby union as well, you know you see quality kickers there, but but all they don't have is that that time pressure that the NFL has. And you know, yeah, there's is, no pressure it, on the ball, is there? Is is that? In, is it transferable, those skills from rugby league, rugby union? And probably not, but I, I think there's a pool of players that the NFL should tap into from Australasia and and Western Europe of these these rugby kickers that are accurate but need to learn that time pressure. Um, cause it's, 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 there have it's, been some, though, haven't there? If I remember rightly, isn't the, I don't know if he's still there now, but the Seahawks punter. Oh, I even think his name is Dixon. I'm pretty sure he was a rugby league player. Scottish right. Hammer, I think they called him. The Scottish Hammer. Yeah, again, because he used to do drop kicks to kick off. All right. Yes. And I think that's why he had the sort of rugby league background. Yeah, there's been a few like Aussie, saying, Aussie though, rules sense. players that have made it as well. Yeah. I think. Yeah. But oh yeah, on that note, talking about it, it's his birthday today. Happy birthday, GZ. Yay, oh, happy birthday, that Greg. That is an absolute seamless link. Love yeah. that. It's like, it's like we know what we're doing. Well, good evening. No worries, no worries. Here, here all night. <laughs> uh, yeah. How old is he, Tony? You seem to be up to date on all their ages. Well, it, it, I'm looking at Wikipedia. He'll be 32, I think. 32. He is 32. No, he's 32 now. This is his birthday. Yeah, of course it is. 32. Wow. wow. What, he looks what, good what, for a 32. What, what, what a child. What a child. As a 48-year-old as a looking backwards. Oh, 48 Yeah, I'm surprised he can still walk and talk at that age. 
Yep. So probably best to sign him, considering the rest of the league is naff as well. Yep. Yeah, I just use a northern word. Naff. <laughs> it's northern, isn't it? <laughs> oh, <laughs> it? God. Been hanging around you lot too much. Anyway, moving on to changes. What about the coaches' staff? We talked about player coaches. There's rumour mill going around about Wade Phillips. Is it his time to go? Thoughts, Tony? Um, I've seen a lot of chat about this as well. You know, it's. I, I think his contract is up. I don't know. I, I you know, having read his biography, um, Son of Bum, you know, I really like him as an individual. I, I like his attitude. I like his style. Has he had his time, though? Is, is it time to move on? And actually, you know, w- would it work bringing in a younger um, coordinator to work with him for him to coach up, maybe, uh, for him to mentor? I, I would love to see that because, you know, he's, he's obviously got a, a lot of experience within the NFL as a head coach and as a defensive coordinator. Um, I, I would love to see somebody younger come in and work with him for a season before taking over that mantle. As much as he, as Wade Phillips, loves being around the players, I, I think there will come a time, and I don't think it's too far away, when he will want to retire and look at his family and be with his family more. And I, I think that'll be a great way to actually hand over the reins. That's my thoughts. Chris, you want to add to that? Sure, surely there must be some coaching and assistant coaches that should be doing that in now anyway. Yeah, he's not the only one coaching on the defensive side, is yeah. he? They've got linebacker coach, DB coaches. And there's normally yeah. an assistant coordinator as well, which, and I think there's potential that I have read and I, that his name escapes me of the... There's one younger guy that's obviously been doing and, and controversially for me, I think it is time. I don't even think you'd, you'd want another season of someone working alongside. I think for me and, and what I've been reading, I think now is the time to move on. Um, I'm being quite drastic this evening, aren't I? Yeah, well, yeah, like I think, you said, you've got um, in, in the position coaches, you've got assistant head coach and linebackers and front coordinator is Joe Barry, 18 years experience. So, and then you've got, you got more assistance for defensive line, defensive quality control, uh, safeties, and there's loads of them. See, I know at yeah. the end of the day, he's the, he's the head coordinator for the defense, so the buck stops with him, sort of thing. But, uh, you know, he's not the only one coaching out there. Um, mm-hmm. And if he's got that, that breadth of experience, then that can only be a good thing. don't know, really. I think it's too soon. It's not like a, I know we've had some blowout games, but there's been some games where you know I think yards per game they ranked mid-table, like 13 or something like that. But uh, it, I think it's the blowouts that make you think it's worse than it is. But then we should be doing better than 13 in the league with who we've got in that in that in that team. So yeah, and you can't buy the experience that Wade Phillips has got. Of course you can't. It's 50th year coaching in the NFL. That's just Ridiculous. Um, mm. But every dog has his day, effectively. And you have got to move on. You've got to evolve the team. We all see it. Every team, obviously, sometimes shows a slight improvement and, and with a different sort of aspect and a different coach coming in and so on. The only thing that sort of worries me of if he was to sort of stay within the franchise and from upstairs is the 
sort of the Tom Coughlin issue. You've got obviously elsewhere in the league of where someone else is actually calling the plays when it should be someone else doing it or trying to run the team. And I don't know if that would would happen with with Wade. He's not that sort of guy, I suppose, or maybe I don't know. But I think the season hasn't been, as I said before, hasn't been overly bad. We're in the position we are obviously not making the playoffs, but it's just other things have obviously happened within our division and and the league out of our control, probably in some basis. But I think this is now the time where you can actually make those bigger decisions than you could have done if you were actually in the playoffs because everyone would be looking at it going, oh no, we're still all right. But now you're in a position you haven't made the playoffs right. Let's make those changes to actually see how it moves on going forward. Cool. Well, that uh, segues us nicely into this week's game where McVeigh is all about finishing on a positive note uh, and with a winning record. So this week, for the last week, week 17, we play, uh, play against the Arizona Cardinals uh, to finish it off. Uh, as we mentioned, it's the last game in the Coliseum. So should be a win, right, Tony? Oh, <laughs> there's a loaded question here. <laughs> thanks for that, thanks for handing that hot potato back to us. But, um, I, I think it'd be really disappointing to finish on a season of eight and eight, wouldn't it? And I, I, you've got to think that the final game at the Coliseum, with those quality patches that are being handed out to the the, the fans as they go in. You know, I, I I would donate a kidney to somebody if they wanted to send us one of those patches. <laughs> you, you... A bit much, isn't it? I've got two. I've got two. <laughs> you can have a kidney. It's fine. Oh, dear. Fire. Um, I've yeah, seen I... those Facebook messages, by the way. He ain't lying. <laughs> <laughs> Get it on ice. Um, yeah, I, I'm just mess- I'm just messaging a few people as we speak. <laughs> yeah, he'll shoot to North America. It's not a problem. It's not a problem. It's good, you know. It's not like my liver's shot or anything. The kidneys are fine. <laughs> but yeah, you've got to hope. You've got to think that we will finish nine and seven. We will bury the Cardinals again, and we'll come away, you know, with an historic stay at the Coliseum. You know, I'm so pleased that everything came together this season, where I was actually able to visit the Coliseum and see the Rams. Well turn up if not play before they move into the <laughs> brand new stadium <laughs> thanks Chris and it, it, it is a fantastic stadium you know it, it's got a lot of history to it with 90 plus years you know a world cup two olympics another olympics to come NFL with both um, the Raiders and the Rams and USC you know it, it is a fantastic stadium it, it does have a good atmosphere as much as um, NFL commentators um, decry the lack of fans in inverted commas. But um, that, that's not what I saw on Monday Night Football against the Ravens. You know, the, the, Ram, the Rams fans were there. They did turn up. They were loud. And it's, 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 it, it is um, a shame that we are moving on from it now into what will be a, a brand new technologically advanced stadium, but with a much reduced capacity. Let's get that win against the Cardinals and finish 9-7. Okay, that was more about the Coliseum than the, uh, the game there. <laughs> Thanks for that. I've been all sentimental. <laughs> I don't know if any of you know, Tony uh, went to the Coliseum. Uh, he, had, he had a great time. 
<laughs> oh, I'm just envious. Jealous. Big time. Well, facing this, just a, uh, a couple of things here. Apparently, I was just looking at the comparisons. Offensively, we are ranked ninth. They're 22nd. Defensively, 13th, as mentioned, we are. And they're 31st. Uh, passing, we're 5th. Because Goff has to keep throwing it rather than give it to Todd Gurley. Uh, they're 24th, obviously, with Kyler Murray just running around. And then uh, rushing, they're 9th. And we're 24th, which is uh, as expected. Out of well, as you, as you mentioned, Kyler Murray there, I've just read on the news, on actually on the NFL website, that Kyler Murray is actually not going to be made a decision on if he plays till game day. Hamstring, Because yeah. of his hamstring. Yeah. yeah, so he was struggling against us, actually, when we played him a few weeks back. So we'll, we'll see what happens there, really. He seems to have a... Pretty good. I don't really against. see why you would risk him. Why would they? No, well, no, it's dead season. It makes no sense to do so. So I don't know. It depends on what they want, what they actually want to achieve from it. I suppose. I mean, they did it last week in Seattle. He had he well, he threw for 118, but rushed for 40 yards himself. So they risked him there, but and there's no need to risk him there, was there? Really? If they, are you saying that injury happened in that or before that game? He was hobbling around, like you say, for us, with us a little bit. He was hobbling around against yeah. us, yeah. So I, d- I don't see the reason of why you would make it any worse if it has, if it isn't getting better. If that makes sense, when they are they're five and nine at the moment, that they they are where they are. Why would you risk making that any worse? Which he's then got to go through rehab more in the off season. You just sit him down and and go from there, wouldn't you? I think that's the same for us. I think Ramsey's got. He's not going to be playing, is he? He's got some ligament issue going on and probably some other people with uh, the odd little niggly feeling is going to be maybe sat out or restricted because it's pretty much pointless. As much as they want to go out on a positive note, they're not going to risk anyone who's going to be there for the next year uh, to come. So, But the feeling is it's not going to be a backup v backup sort of game. It's still going to have most of the starters in it, but there might be a few people that are... Um, are uh, absent let's say the, for them like we said the rushing is the main thing so uh, that's what we have been better this year but it's I, f- I think it's more on the outside rushes that they seem to we seem to get burned on um, which if Murray's not there we might be able to handle that a bit better yeah hopefully last game come away with a win a winning record rather than 8-8 eight and eight. just gives me flashbacks of a certain someone who you can't say three times in a mirror <laughs> come back to come back to haunt you you see his video lately with his dogs uh, he's resorted back. to coaching dogs coaching his dogs yeah you know he's in his, his, old... his fishing lodge in Oregon or something like that he's got his he's, he's wearing tight jeans and mm. flip flops and uh, he, he puts down his dogs uh, food and they all sat there you know, waiting for his command clicks his fingers I thought the tight jeans were a bit, bit too much. <laughs> That's a bit too much to detail, thanks. Too much attention. <laughs> well, I had a few drinks, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're, 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 let's take, a, as usual, let's take a prediction, never look back at it. Tony. Oh, God, you've done it, 30, haven't you? 35-12 to the Rams. 12 to the Rams. Wow. Okay. I'm not writing it down. Chris. 28-7. 28-7 I reckon it's going to be an amazing game 
I think we're going to be just slinging, slinging it all over the place. I'm gonna, I think we're going to put a 40 berg on them. Like 40 21. Aaron, go, go home, you drunk. <laughs> I am home and I am drunk. <laughs> 40, don't you dare doubt our Rams, Tony. <laughs> what are you, a 49er? Oh, how... oh wow. 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 I'm, I'm bristling now. I'm absolutely <laughs> bristling. I think the important thing from, from this week's, the final week of the season's results is. Um, who we get to play for the NFC South um, next season? Because um, that's still that's still in the balance. It could still be Tampa, Atlanta, or Carolina who finish in the same position as us. If it's Tampa, I'd be severely tempted to to maybe organise a trip away to Florida. But um, there's, there's a lovely brewery in Tampa Bay called Cigar City, which I I would I would love to visit. <laughs> Is that how you normally plan your holidays, where the best breweries are? <laughs> um, for Which the last is a two, great idea. This is the last two or three years. Yes, it has. <laughs> Big shout out to Mumford Brewery in uh, Los Angeles. Excellent stuff. There you go. Send in some beers, guys, for that. <laughs> oh, if, if, only, yeah. if only they exported. <laughs> <laughs> cool, right. Any other news, guys, before we're out of here? Oh. oh, better do some questions, eh? We better well, do the only, questions. The only other bit of news which I have saw, which I thought was quite interesting, that that Mr. Brown's back. <laughs> Antonio <laughs> Brown's working out with the with the Saints. Ah, so he's, so he's not back. He's just working out. Okay. What's that all about? There's something going on there. I last saw him playing a guitar <laughs> in his own house with a load of shooting yeah. some sort of music video. But no, he signed a free agency waiver, whatever that means. And uh, he's working out with the Saints, which I thought was quite interesting. Mm-hmm. So, are they looking? Are they looking deep, deep into the playoffs? Maybe bringing him in? I, I, no, no comment. I, I, <laughs> are, are we past the watershed yet? Oh yeah, we definitely. Are, <laughs> no, we're, we're clean on this podcast. Yeah. He's a clown. He's an absolute clown. You know, <laughs> he, he, even if he did sign for the Saints, would he not got? Would he not get waived by the NFL? Has he not got outstanding issues that need to be resolved? He had, the, he had the helmet issue, didn't he? he didn't, were he going to sue them? Uh, <sighs> the guy's a clown. He's For me, he will be the first signing to someone in the XFL. That's where he's going to end up. That's mm-hmm. my thoughts on it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and the only other one that I think has happened this weekend is that and again, it's one of our divisional rivals, but Marshawn Lynch has obviously gone to the back to the Seahawks. I don't know if you saw his entrance back of where he had his car filled with Skittles. <laughs> Was that again. I've seen that before, but like months ago. Yeah. He got out of it, all his Skittles fall out and he randomly appears and he's throwing loads of Skittles off Skittles off I his think lap. He did it again. Did it right, yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Things you can do, huh? All right, questions, Tony, Facebook, let's go. We've got two questions on Facebook. We have Luke Nicklin. With reports coming out saying we'll be losing a few key stroke star players, who would you guys keep and who would you let go and replace them with? I I think we've covered a little bit of this already and it's down to the free agency. I I think we've had the conversation around Dante Fowler versus Corey Littleton, Greg Zerline. We've already talked about Andrew Whitworth, whether he'd be a better value on the coaching staff 
or, or as a player, Michael Brockers. We've not really talked about the QB position, have we? QB two. Blake Bortles was on a, a one-year rental for a, a million dollars, which, to be, you know, to be perfectly fair, he's not played a minute yet, has he? He has come in, I think. Has I he? think he has come in a few times, yeah. He, tried to, he came in once when Goff's helmet weren't working, then he tried to run with it and just got sacked, I think. Mean. <laughs> 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 that's about it. I don't, I don't see him coming back, if I'm honest. I think he, he could actually get a start back in one of the teams, I think, next year, potentially. What, the Jets? Potentially, yeah. <laughs> the Jets or the Dolphins? Yeah, I do. I think he might. I think he might be picked up on that basis, which yeah. is fair enough, isn't it? it? It is. Yeah, I think he was. A, I thought. I thought he was a decent reserve, wasn't he? <laughs> it's hard to judge, isn't it? Never seen him. Well, true story. True story. Yeah. And any, any more for any more of that? It's. No, it's I think we've covered that, haven't we? I think we did cover quite a lot of that. And uh, our good friend Vince Kitagawa says, I think Wade, uh, Wade Phillips, obviously, and Andrew Whitworth will return if offered deals. Do we want that? I think we've covered this quite a little bit already. I, th- I think I think most of us do want to see Wade Phillips back in some capacity. And I, I think we we all want to see Andrew Whitworth back in some, some capacity, whether that's playing or coaching. Anybody, anything to add to that? No. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> we kind of want it. Yeah, we kind of want it both ways, don't we? We want to keep them, but not a f- not fully. <laughs> yes. 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 So, so, if so that is possible. Switching across to Twitter and, and some more really important questions. You know, Mark Pressland, um, another good friend of ours. How excited are you all to see the new uniform announcement and see the first game in the hopefully finished new stadium next year? What player name will each of us be getting in our 2020 Rams jerseys? Chris, answer, answer the last question first. You know, who would you have, if, if, if you knew what the new jerseys were, which player would you have on the back of it? I'll get my boy AD, as I always do. Excellent. And quickly across to Warren. Yeah, uh, I haven't got a cup yet, but I would be tempted with a Woods, potentially a couple, a couple of Woods. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. I, I, I'd definitely go for a cup. I definitely want a Cooper Cup. Of course um, you would. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is my next jersey, one way or another. But um, what's your preferences for the jerseys? Aaron first. Uh, as in the main home kit? Yeah. I personally like the throwbacks. I like those to be the home kit. I don't like you know, the blue with the yellow stripes, the with the yellow horn. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the helmet—they still use the dark helmet, don't they? Dark blue helmet. Mm-hmm. That's probably gonna have to change. But I quite like the old school kit with the white and the the gold. Um, as the a white sort of, with the, the yellow arms with the blue yeah, horns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Alter, alternate, but not. I, I prefer the throwback as the main color. Uh-huh. What about Chris? the colour rush? What about the colour rush? <sighs> no? Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, Come on. Oh, no. <laughs> no. You, you know my, you know my oh, thoughts on this. Oh, we missed a trick here, haven't we? Could yeah. have got a good old uh, knockoff sent over to, <laughs> to Tiny. <laughs> now, nah, for me, it, it's definitely the throwback colours that are the, are the ones, I think, but in a slightly modern way if that makes sense <laughs> I, yeah. I, I think they should stick with those 
I think it works branding wise. I think it, it, it works for, for everything they want to do going forward. And, and again, I don't know how much of an influence obviously sponsors will have and all that kind of thing, but there is a little bit more of a, a turquoisey blue to the new sponsors of our stadium. I don't know if that kind of makes any sort of reference, but there we go. I'm actually quite worried about this uh, rebrand. Um, I can't see them changing it drastically. That would be like, I'm not say suicidal is probably too far, but <laughs> but it seem it would seem mad to change it, considering it's like back to LA. Uh, it's the colours just work for LA in terms of matching the vibe, and it'd be weird for them to completely flip it and ruin it. And then the logo, I just don't want them to goof it up. It does well, worry me. The clue is in the in the, the shape of the stadium, isn't it? You know, the, the the shape of the stadium is pretty much the shape of the the current Rams logo. I mean, that doesn't yeah. happen often. Do People don't change their logos that often. Um, well, Tampa, I know football, but, uh, yeah, they are. I'm not too, not too sure about those those guys, but who apart from Tampa, who else is from memory? No, not not from memory, but um, I, I don't know. But I mean, I, I'm in broad broad agreement with both of you. Is that the the current throwback should be the the home jerseys, the the away jerseys should be that white with the blue horn and the yellow sleeves, mm. but the the throwback should be the white with white jersey with the white sleeves with the blue horn. See, that's a bit too Colts for me. Oh. Mm. I, I can I can see that I can see that. Well, then I'm a new I'm sort of new school fan. I didn't follow them back in the old days when that was a uniform and well, in black and white. You know, I mean, I'm a youngster, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm fully aware that I've got a decade on all of you, but um, um, a bit more than that, bro. <sighs> Thanks, Chris. Thanks. Chris. <laughs> Love you, man. Yeah, I still quite like that that white with the blue horns, and the helmet has got to be blue with the white horns. Blue with the white horns, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I, I love that. I love that. Uh, that's my mini helmet that I got saw by signed by Demarco Far and Eric Dickerson and Tori Holt as well a couple of three years ago. I've got I've still got that on the shelf just behind me actually. He's gone quiet, isn't he, Demarco Far? Is he not with the squad uh, the, uh, team anymore? I don't know what's happened. I Ever since happened. old Miles left, yes, he's gone quiet, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Oh well, I don't know if it, was, <laughs> yeah. it was a shame because he was a really cool guy. They, really were, cool they guy. were great together. I like listening to their podcast, but yeah, uh, there's some good chemistry. Anyway, right? Uh, is there any more on there, Tony? Uh, Twitter. Let's have a look. Twitter name cannot be blank. Asks since it's the last regular season episode, I feel the need to ask what are the podcast plans for the off season. Also, to ensure a football related question is included, who on the coaching side do you want to replace and with who? Oh my god, that's a deep question. That one. I don't want to talk to any of these. I don't want to talk to any of these people in the off season. No, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. <laughs> well, Chris, we love you so much. <laughs> we had a little bit of a chat off. I was going to say off camera, but off audio. I think we'll probably come to this in the next podcast, whenever that may be, after the final game of the season. But I think broadly of the consensus that we'll, we might come back on a monthly basis, but then do a special podcast for the for the draft. And if and when something 
significant happens with the uniforms so we can just spend an hour talking about the colour schemes because that always works well on radio, doesn't it? (laughs) Discussing shades of blue. (laughs) Get your Pantone references here. Uh, So yeah, next week we'll probably do another podcast uh, just to talk about this week's game uh, and then we'll talk about a bit more detail about what's going to happen likely every month. Yeah. It may be slightly later. We'll obviously discuss on timings because obviously Wednesday is New Year's Day and people may be going to bed slightly earlier seeing that they've been burning the candle probably a little bit larger on New Year's Eve. Yeah. True. Not me. I'll go to bed early on New Year's. I don't party anymore. (laughs) Cool. Is that it then, Tony? Uh, That's all the questions. That's all the questions unless we want to get really in-depth on the coaching side, but I think we've talked... Oh, we've, so we've talked in the past about the the offensive side of the coaching, haven't we, with, um, with Sean McVeigh and the potential for a, 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 an a, a offensive coordinator to come in with him um, to do with the play calling and maybe let him concentrate on the, the head coach role. And we've talked this evening about the defensive side of it. So, you know, I don't think we need to talk about the special teams. I'm, I'm fairly happy with the special teams at the moment. Apart from the actual the the field goal kicking, but I mean I think that can be sorted out for the next season. But yeah, that's that's all the questions we have here. Okay, good stuff. All right, well for this week then we'll leave it at that. I uh, hope you enjoyed listening and uh, make sure you get up for the game this Sunday. It's a, a normal sort of nine o'clock game, so it should be easier uh, on all of us. So uh, until then, uh, speak to you next week. Cheers, guys. Take care.